This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to PrettyLitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Rogue Report. I'm joined once again today by the usual suspects. Gav, how you doing, Gav? Pissed off. Pissed of course, off. you know, yeah. could be yeah. worse. Cool. Callum, how are you feeling? Uh, yeah, pretty yeah. deflated, Callum, to be honest, yeah. <laughs> Jim, what about you, mate? Yeah, oh, I'm alright. Yeah. <laughs> pissed off. That's <laughs> how you Apathetic. Apathetic, oh, big, big word. word. Big words. So, you're joining us almost immediately after a defeat to Manchester City, 2-0. I uh, can't say any of us went into that game thinking we were going to win, but for some reason we are all unaccountably very angry in spite of that. Um, yeah, it was disappointing for me to watch, and uh, I imagine you lads felt the same. So what about you, James? What did you make of the match? Well, I thought we actually started reasonably well, didn't we? we, we actually, to be honest, we played reasonably well, especially first half. I thought we, you know, we harried them and we pressed. Um, and Dong and Jones, I think, certainly had decent games. I thought Billy Jones is probably one of the best performances I've seen him have. Uh, I thought when Dong covered a hell of a lot of ground. Um, Defoe, obviously, Defoe hits the post. Um, and Barini misses Sitter uh, on the rebound. I I'm, I'm still don't know how he's missed that. Um, Yanazai had a couple of good moments. I mean, he left he had three defenders on toast in the first half, didn't he? He looked absolutely brilliant. Um, but it's the feeling of, as Tom said, it's the feeling of apathy around the place that's, it's, it's, it's pissing me off. I think it's Moyes is kind of just sat there on the bench, not really, not really doing anything. And you know, you see Guardiola getting up and he's up on the touchline. He's getting involved, and I understand that's not everything, but it just seems to further prove this point towards his mentality and the lack of motivation in him and the, his motivation in the players. He just, he, for me, he doesn't positively impact any games. The whole mood around the club at the moment is is. Apathetic. I mean, pe- people just seem to be resigned to relegation, and and soon as the, soon as the first goal went in, it seemed like heads on and off the pitch just dropped. You know, Moyes' post match was was fairly typical. I mean, he just got the feeling that he was maybe fine with the fact that it was just a narrow loss and we didn't get battered, and he just seems to be unambitious at the best of times. And I'm getting to the point where I'm I'm almost done with him. I know we played Man City and we actually played quite well. Um, so I mean, maybe perspectives needed, but I'm this the general feeling of apathy around the whole club is is gutting. I think Moyes transmits it to his players, and the fans pick up on that. And the spirit that we've seen in past seasons that's kept us up, I can't see any of it. Um, do I don't know what you like. Do you think that that's like an inevitable build-up of? I, I think so, mate. Yeah. I, I think I think there's just I think Moyes' dour and dour tone and and. and he calls it realism, doesn't he? And, and people say, oh, it's good to have a manager who's, who's realistic. But you need a bit of positivity, man. We, it's, it's, it's crap enough being a Sunderland fan because we get nothing to shout about. But when you've got a manager telling us how average and crap we are, I think we just need, we need more positivity and I can't feel any of it at the moment. Yeah, certainly. That's that's exactly how I feel. I think apathy, I like the way you said you were pissed off about the apathy. But yeah, the... Um if you notice, for me as well, I, I mean, I won't go, I won't go too much into it because everyone obviously has their piece to say on it. But I noticed a point. Um, there was a foul that wasn't given. I'm, I'm, I can't quite remember who it was now. There was a foul that wasn't given for us, and it was it was like into the second half, and it was 
it had been happening all match. Do you know what I mean? Some of them were fair, some of them were, I think, just clear cut wrong decisions from the ref. But there was a feeling of like, and a sound in the stadium, like a, a really nasty, sour atmosphere. Do you know what I mean? It felt for a moment there, to me at least, that it wasn't directed specifically at the referee so much as it was just at everything. Do you know what I mean? At the club, at the players, at the Man City players as well, at everything. It seemed like this collective anger. Do you know what I mean? And I mean, we'll touch more on this later, but we saw a lot of, again, bias, uh, television from Sky focusing on our fans leaving. Uh, pretty much all the time. As soon as they came, I mean, I'm, I'm sure some of them were literally nipping in the toilet and the camera was on them, which was a, a concerning thing. We'll talk about that more later. Um, for me, what I really take from that, what I think makes us all angry is that we saw that sort of effort and that intense. We started off with a sort of an industrious, positive outlook, like let's go out there. I don't know if it was because it was one of the bigger teams and they're thinking, oh, well, We've got to do it now or never. I, I don't know what it was, but we started out really well. And that, that really is what makes it sting, isn't it? When you, I mean, it's bad enough when you see them just underperforming against a team like Man City. When you see them having the better chances, uh, certainly not possession, but certainly the better chances and more, more intent and more spirit seem, more courage even at the beginning. That's what really gets me. That's what really annoys me that we can't continue that for 90 minutes. Do you know what I mean? Or we can't continue that for 60 minutes. Or potentially we can't continue that for like 43 minutes, I think it was, until they scored their first goal, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, so it's it's a, it's a another really... I mean, we, no one expected to take anything from this. None of us sat there and thought, oh, well, we're going to come away with three points. But there was a feeling of a general feeling of hope. Like, look, if, we, if we're going to do it, if we're going to prove we belong in the Premier League, then this is the calibre of team we have to beat and this is the situation we find ourselves in. So let's go out there and do it. And I, I think they failed to do that today. Do you know what I mean? What do you make of it, Gav? Uh, yeah, I have to agree. I, like I, said, I was there today, um, the game, and it was for a lot of the, for a lot of it. I would say that, particularly in the first half, the the crowd seemed to respond to the effort of the players. Uh, the first five minutes were pressed very high and, and got stuck in, and obviously when we do that. The crowd reacts, and we saw it against Leicester at the start of the season, or whenever it was, sorry, December, when we started like a house on fire, got into them, and we won the game. But the most important thing was that the players got the crowd on side. I do think there was an effort to do that the day, I thought. I thought that they started with an intensity which, you know, would hopefully spark some life into the crowd. But as the game wore on, and obviously we knew Manchester City were going to dominate us on the ball, it, it, it kind of sucked the life out of the stadium, and I imagine they do that quite a lot of teams where you know they they don't leave the home fans with a lot really because they're dominating the game they, they never lose the ball the way they just you know go side to side with it can be monotonous at times but in truth the way they knocked it around the, the box and under pressure was was great to watch in my perspective but as a home fan it does nothing for you because you want to see your team bombing forward and, and attacking and getting at them um for me though i thought I thought that there were a couple of couple of standout performers. I thought Didier and Dong again was on his own in that midfield. Um, you know, it can't be easy playing alongside Dan Gibson when he's passenger like that because you know he's quite clearly a, a quality footballer. Gibson, he's, he gets his foot on the ball and moves it well, but ultimately when you when you're playing for Sunderland, you, you need to be more than that, and he just doesn't look up to speed. And I'm I'm kind of hoping that Kirchhoff can come back in soon and. And probably take his place because I don't think he looks fit enough or ready enough or even capable at the minute. Uh, so yeah, and Dong's performance was great. I thought that he 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 covers a lot of ground anyways, but I thought today he just seemed to do it even more, and, and he was all over whenever we needed him to be there. Um, Larson worked hard as he always does, but was very I thought he was poor again. If I'm honest, I don't think he was great. Um, Billy Jones at right back, first half particularly was outstanding. I thought. I like, I like to see a fullback get forward and attack, and we've never really seen that from Jones today. He seemed to have a new lease of life. He just he, he got got up there when he could, and seemed to have the beating of Cliche more than often than not. Um, was unlucky to score a couple as well. Other than that, I would say that our defence, our central defenders, anyways, did all right for the main. But again, Aguero just saunters between the two centre halves, doesn't he? And it's far too easy. It's far too easy. But again, that's why Sergio Aguero is one of the best players in the world. He's he finds reasons to exploit defenders and takes a mick. Um, but yeah, 
first half we should have went went ahead. I, I thought I thought we were the better team in the first half. Um, not not in terms of the, the standard of football play. I just thought when when we had chances, we did look like scoring. I don't think Manchester City actually had another chance until they scored, um, which kind of shows how well would press them. But ultimately, you you can't maintain those energy levels for a full game. Uh, once they scored their second, I think they scored in the 58th minute, something like that. So there was still well over half an hour to play. Once that, that happened, the game was gone. The game was totally gone. Uh, the players knew it. The fans knew it. Hence why the, the ground did empty. Um, not not straight away, but there were people who got up and left. And I think that's kind of where we're at now as a, as a fan base. We, we are now so used to losing that we give up as well. It's kind of... We, we don't like to see the players give up. It's something we level at the players quite often that they tend not to give their all. Um, but then at the same time, it's rubbing off on the fans now. The fans in the main are, are just kind of resigned to defeat. We're 2-0 down. They know they're not getting back into it. doesn't matter who we're playing. That could have been, that could have been Hull. That could have been, it could have been anybody else. could have been Middlesbrough. If we'd have been 2-0 down today, then against anybody, we, we all know that we weren't getting back into it because we've seen it time and time again this season, particularly at home. The players just the players just aren't good enough. That's that's half the battle. We, we were playing a team today who had Kevin De Bruyne sitting on the bench. And obviously, we, we, we look at our bench and we've got like Kazri and Honeyman and players like that. We know we're on a different level than these guys. But at the same time, when you get chances like we had today, particularly on the set pieces where you've got to take at least one, which would have changed everything. And obviously, Defoe hitting the bar is is difficult. Um, he's he's kind of took a pot shot and hoped that it, it would get on target. And you know, he's hit it well. It's hit the post. Barini not not burying the, the follow up is is just criminal for me. I, I mean, at first I thought that's hard to judge really, and then I've seen the replays back a couple of times since I got home, and that's a sitter. That's an absolute sitter. And when you're in a position like we are, bottom of the league, you can't afford to miss chances like that. So ultimately, for me. We're still bottom. We're we're well adrift now. I feel Burnley is a must win. Every game's a must win, but Burnley is a must win. We don't win that game. I think you can say bye bye at the Premier League, and fair that's enough. me done. That's <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> I'd agree with that. What do you make of it, Tom? Uh, like I said, apathetic. <laughs> like everyone knew what was going to happen, then it did happen. We get that. 40 minutes of promise or whatever, but as soon as the goal goes in, you just, you know it's done. It's like, the Man City, when they went, when they go a goal ahead, they're like, right, we don't need to do anything to these now because they've got nothing coming back at us. And as it proved, we didn't really have, lay a glove on them in the second half. And it was just too easy. Um, and I you know they are one of the best teams in Europe, but we just we didn't like lay a glove on them and everyone's accepted defeat, the managers have accepted defeat, the players have accepted defeat, the fans have accepted defeat. And I don't know where this turns around. I don't like we had last year we had a bit of a <clears throat> like a collective spirit under Allardyce. He kind of created this siege mentality. Whereas now it's Moyes is very he'd be very happy to, you know, throw the players under the bus. He'll never take any responsibility himself. And I think he knows we're going down and uh, He's either he's both powerless to stop it, and he just doesn't look like he cares. And it's sad. It's sad, really. Um, there's no leaders on the pitch. There's no one gene people up. I mean, you have John O'Shea as your captain, but he, I can't remember any time he's actually grabbed someone by the scuff of the neck, saying they're not putting a shift in. And it, that's just it. There's no fight, no leadership, and it's just created this horrible, apathetic cloud over the club. Supporters aren't happy with management, board, and all that. And yeah, it's going to be. I don't think we'll beat Burnley. I think. I think that'll be us done. Fair enough. Well, to, moving on to uh, the Twitter questions. On that note, Ben Moyes, we've got um, one from John Kerr who's asking, "What will it take for Moyes' remaining supporters to turn on him? Lose to Burnley, lose the next five, or is he completely Teflon? What do you make of that, Callum? I'll pitch that one to you. Um, I. I, I think he is too, for a lot of our fans uh, untouchable I, I don't think a lot of fans um, will come what may this season If we, I don't think that I think if we don't win a game from now until the end of the season I think a lot of fans will still be saying you know 
well, this is kind of a free hit season for him. Um, and I don't, I don't see it that way. I can understand where they're coming from in a sense because there's a conflation really with, with our current position and the, and the habit of sacking managers and, um, and repeating the same mistakes. And then it gives us a bit of a short term boost. And then, um, and then next season we're kind of in the same place and people have sort of said, right, well, that's clearly because we haven't got any stability uh in our managers and and i can i can understand and i i agree in a sense that part of the problem is that we don't have a manager for years and we we just you know we 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 sack halfway through the season but and it provides us a boost but i think that just because um we've sacked managers in the past doesn't mean that David Moyes is the is is the right man now. It doesn't mean that now we've come to our senses. Oh, look at that! Just just so happens that we've also got the right manager. Um, this it it's it's not uh, it's not a contradiction to say that we've sacked too many managers in the past, but that Moyes isn't doing a good enough job. Those two statements are perfectly compatible, mm. um, and and for me, it just seems strange to defend Moyes by saying we've sacked too many managers in the past. What matters to me is, is he getting the most out of the players? Is he getting the best from what he's got? And for me, you know, games like today, fair enough, Man City, obviously you look at, you do look at it as sort of, right, well, did we expect to win? No. But the games like that this season where, you know, against big teams, we have kind of lifted our levels. And, you know, you always hear professionals say, you don't need any motivation for the big games. The big games get you motivated in themselves. And I think that is the case, you know, that we can put in a shift like, you know, like we'd have against Spurs or Liverpool or, you know, um, against even against City today where, the, you know, we limited them and, and the first half was, was quite good. We gave ourselves a few chances, but then they dropped their levels against teams like Burnley and, and, and you know, I, I just... I I don't think fans will turn on him. I think ultimately you've just got to accept that people think that um, he's he is the solution to the problem and that everything that's happening this season is not his fault and that every player he's signed this season um, has been forced upon him rather than a choice. And like obviously every management league would rather go out and sign better players than they can sign. But the the re- the real the reality of it is is that that's our budget. These are the limits. He's the manager. He's working within the limits. So I, I don't. I personally don't like it when people say, "Oh, but you know, you can't judge him on it." He's made the decisions. He signed the players, but don't judge him on it because he wants more money. Well, loads of managers want more money, but that doesn't mean that you can say, "Oh, well, I've made all the decisions. I'm getting paid to do this job quite well, and I'm working within the limits." But I don't agree with the limits, and therefore I'm not responsible. I don't think that can <clears> be said so i yeah i think he won't be blamed for anything and some people will stick with him no matter what because they see him as a as a victim of the instability not as someone who is sort of continuing it and and that's a very difficult thing to convince someone out of i think yeah he's i mean it's he's he can't whinge and say that team isn't his now because i mean he's had long enough with them absolutely he? and he's, yeah, he's absolutely he's, the signings he's brought in i've all season, I've been the first to try and back him and, and give him time because I'm de- we're, we're all desperate, aren't we, for this to work? And and as Callum says, it just because I mean, earlier on the season, he used a fantastic analogy of you know, like just because you're 30 and you you you, you should get married, you've got to settle down with the next one. You, you settle down with the right one, and and I just I, I'm, the more and more I think about it, the more and more I think David Moyes isn't isn't the right person, and it's just because I'm sick of not being. My, I'm in as a fan. I'm not motivated to watch Sunderland as much as I as a, as I'd like. I mean, I watch. We watch them every week, and today I, I could have turned that off at seventy minutes. I'm never usually like that. I could have turned it off. Cause I'm just at the, at the at the moment. I'm just thinking, you know, we're just resigned to it. And I think I think next week against Burnley or the week after, um, whenever it is, um, is I think if we get beat against Burnley at home. It, I'd, it might turn into one of those, you know, Steve Bruce against Hull games, where I think a lot of a lot of fans will turn. I I don't necessarily agree with Callum and say that 
you know, a lot of these, a lot of people will back him even if we lose every game. Surely they can't. Surely if we get beat against Burnley, or to be honest, if we don't, even, if we don't win against Burnley, I think, I think, I think that'll be have to be it for him. I don't know, man. I mean, people have long memories. I, I agree with Callum. There, there is a and always will be a, a core of the fan base that. Uh, will not be able to see past all of the other factors, and I mean, who can blame them really? When you when you are yeah, looking at yeah. this continuous cycle, do you know, we in a way they aren't wrong. If if they turn around and say, well, it isn't Moy's fault, it, it might be Ella Short's fault. Do you know what I mean? That's that's entirely possible, and in fact, quite plausible. More on that at a later date, though. Really, um, going back to the questions, uh, I've got one for Gav really because I know he'd like this one. Why isn't Wabby Casri being brought on before Jack Rodwell when we need to score? A uh, good question. <laughs> I mean, I, I obviously, I obviously can. You can tell just by looking looking at Kazri that there's obviously something not right because, well, first and foremost, he's not getting game time or at least not enough to impact games. But the relationship between him and Moyes is is obviously strained. There's something up there. There's a reason why he's not starting games. There's a reason why even when Fabio Barini is playing as bad as he is. Because I think we can all we can all agree that he is playing absolutely awful. Oh, yeah, um, <clears throat> even even now, a player like Kazri, who <coughs> admittedly is not top class, not it's not one of the, it's not like a case of where a player is out of the team and they become better. I don't think Kazri is top class. I don't think he ever has been. But um, he did show us enough in that run last season to at least suggest that he deserves to be given a run of games or at least some time. Um, to prove himself, whether yeah. there's something gone on off the pitch with Moyes and Kazri, absolutely no idea. But that's for the media to address, I guess is my next thing. I think, I think that, why aren't, why aren't these questions being asked? Why, why is nobody asking David Moyes, like, you know, why, why is, why is Kazri on the bench all the time? Why is he not starting games? Is well, there, I imagine, is there I imagine there's there, some you know? sort of, uh, You'd have to, you'd be screened, really, wouldn't you, by some sort of club official or something like that? There must be some reason they don't want to damage relationships with the club. Yeah. That would, that would, I would assume so. I would assume that's the reason why. Mm, or is it Moyes? They they they're they're more concerned about damaging their relationship with Moyes than they are Sunderland. Could be the championship, they won't mind. Well, possibly, possibly, but um, I suppose that's an issue within itself, isn't it? Yeah. Can can they can they ask the challenging questions to the manager? Do they want but, to, and then risk I, his wrath? I mean, the thing is, though, he, he constantly, I mean, he said it after the game today, when we've got the ball, we just don't have enough quality. Now, okay, if, if, if that's what you that's what you think, fair enough. But when you've got a player like Kazri on the bench, I think we can all agree that out of the squad of players that we've got in terms of providing, you know, decent crosses into the box or, or decent passes, having a bit of vision, you know, I think we can all agree that Kazri is one of the more gifted players on our in our squad, and so when you've got a player like that sitting on the bench, it's kind of this assumption that um, you know, well, he must be there for a, a, a good reason, like it's like it's Kazri's fault, or um, or you know that um, he doesn't fit, doesn't quite fit into the into the team, or you know, doesn't fit into the formation, or, or something like that, but. It was the same with when I know people don't like Jermaine Lenz, but when Lenz left in the summer, I was just like, "Why, if you're a new manager coming in, would you not put your arm around Lenz and Kasri and Defoe and and just say to them, look, you guys are going to be my attacking players. You're going to you're going to be very important if you want to be. If you want to be in my team, if you want to be very important, then that's what we're going to do. We're going to work out the way." to get the best from the three of you because that attacking three isn't isn't bad it's not a relegation attacking three i would say no so, it's not it's so like... why yeah so i i just don't understand why he can say there's no quality on the pitch you've got a quality player on the bench you've got another one out on loan and like gav said no one calls him on it it's very mm. frustrating yeah I, it I, is frustrating okay. i was just gonna say how much he can't do any worse than fabio Baruni. Baruni he he runs around. I'm almost banging my head against the wall just talking about him because he, he, he runs about a lot, but he just consistently misplaces passes. He's, he offers fuck all apart from work rate to me. Honestly, he's, he's the sitter. He's an absolute sitter, uh, in that first half. I don't care if the ball's spinning or, 
or if it's coming in quickly. It's an open goal from six yards out, and if you're a Premier League footballer, you should be finishing that. Mm. Um, I, 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 I can't see how Kasri can offer any less, really. It, just give him a run. It can't get much worse, let's be honest. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I was going to say the same thing about Barini. Is is it fair to say now for all of us then that enough is enough and we, we sort of see why uh, he never got an extended run in Liverpool's first team? Do you know what I mean? Like, when he was out on loan, he was, when he was with us originally, he was here at Prove a Point and then he was maybe slightly elated after we signed him permanently and do you know what I mean? He was feeling a bit more positive about that. I mean, I remember he was always talking about working with uh, mental coaches and visualising success and visualising scoring a goal. And it seems to me that he, like, I don't know, maybe he needs to hire his mental coach back or something. Maybe he had a bust up with him because ever since he stopped visualising scoring, he stopped fucking scoring. Do you know what I mean? So that might but has he scored that much, Damo? He hasn't no. scored that many no. goals, has he? I, exactly. I said this about, about six, seven weeks ago on the pod. I said, if if he hadn't scored emotional goals in the sense against the Mags in the, at Wembley, mm. um, goal against Palace last year, which, which, which nicked us a point. If he hadn't scored those type of goals, um, I, I, I think the fans would have turned on him a long time you ago. See, now. But you see, for me, for me, it's not just the goals that he's, you know, the, the emotional goal. Although you get this kind of, you do have this attachment to him because of the nature of the goals that he scored. But at the same time, he scored goals in like, big moments that have required someone who's clearly got a lot of self-confidence, clearly got a bit of quality. I mean, the way he kind of, um, you know, take, took that penalty at Chelsea and took the penalty in the, in the, uh, time we Derby in the, in the first, uh, sorry, in the second three nil, um, you know, he, he, he clearly has ability and he's clearly a very confident player. Um, I think his I think he's got his confidence is 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 very low at the moment. I don't think he's he feels I don't think he's happy. I don't think he's uh, he feels valued. Um, and there are a lot of people you know might say, oh well, you know, tough and you know get over it and all that sort of stuff. And I agree that you know he should he should be doing more. His his, his attitude's not good enough at the minute. Um, you know, even at half time, he was uh, I saw that he was you know uh, as the second half was about to kick off, he was laughing and joking with Aguero. And while you know that's not that's not terrible, you know it's not it's not awful. But when you're in in the kind of form that he's in, and when we're losing one nil, and you're where we are in the table and and stuff, you look at that and you think, is it really the right time to be having a bit of a laugh and a joke, or should you just be focused on the second half? Um, but I don't agree with people who say that he's he's got, that he's completely useless that he's got no quality because I think we have seen quality. I think. Just at the minute, it's it's a it's an issue of of confidence and 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 him just not being happy, and it comes across on the pitch. Needless to yeah. say, though, regardless of why it is, regardless of what's affecting him, it's it's certainly most important to completely ignore that anyway and replace him because if it's not working, it's not working. It's yeah, it's yeah, not it's not good enough. It's not good enough at the minute. I, I'll I'll freely admit that. And, yeah. and uh, it's just a and if we can if we can replace him, we should. But yeah, then maybe that would be an argument for Kasri. Or indeed, we noticed today as well, or I noticed, and it also bothered me. I'm, I think something we've we've been crucially and vitally missing from the squad. Obviously, Lee Catamal pretty much hasn't been here. It feels like he got sold or something like that. Um, and it doesn't seem coming back anytime soon. He might not even uh, take any part in this season, really. We don't know. But we need bite in midfield. We need, or just on the team, we need bite and we need aggression and we need someone to set a standard, you know, set a tone against a team like Manchester City. And that's something that I, I was hoping to see uh, with Gooch being fully fit. I was hoping to see him involved for that sort of aggression. Do you know what I mean? I'm, and I'm sure Moises turned around and said, or he would turn around and argue and say, well, I went for the level heads or the experience of Larson and Gibson and things like that. But how much did they offer? I mean, Larson was lucky not to get booked within the first 30 minutes. Uh <laughs> Gibson, I mean, where was he? Do you know the man? From all accounts, he was taken off as a precaution. Maybe he had a niggle very early on in the game, and that's what stopped him from performing properly. But I mean, he just uh, at times with Gibson, I saw him throwing his hands up in the air when the forwards are asking for the ball. Do you know what I mean? All it, he's supposed to be like this. He's supposed to have this dead eye pass, and there you're the only person that's going to pass that ball, mate. And these you've got Didier Ndong, Jermaine Defoe. Both waiting up there. I know, yeah, they're surrounded, and Yanazai as well. They're all surrounded by Manchester City players, but it doesn't matter. You're supposed to pick out the pass for that. And that really annoyed me about Gibson. I was just left thinking, why not 
have that. Why not give that player? I'm not talking about bringing in the young lads to play just for the sake of it. I'm talking about Gooch, who we know and we've seen perform and get a, a rise out of the crowd and get a rise out of the team. See, but he wasn't even anywhere near the bench. Um, yeah, that's something that really annoyed me. But moving on beyond that, I suppose we'll go to a few more questions or at least one or two more questions. Um, here's an interesting one. And I'm not entirely sure how to answer this, so I'll ask Gav. Um, Bateman asks, what's the most appropriate way for fans to voice their feelings about what's happening to the club? What would you say? God. Um, yeah, traditionally. Cause it, cause, exactly, because it's not going to be like, we can't say, obviously we're not going for the whole uh, boycotts or the walkouts or anything like that. No, we, not that we don't want to be like Mags. We don't want to be Mags. Don't, don't get any bed sheets <laughs> we, out. We're, we're, we're not, not that sort of club. So, But that, therein lies the validity of that question. Because it, it feels sometimes, as a Sunderland fan, that you are sort of, your hands are a bit tied. Do you know what I mean? If, mm. you, if you complain yeah. that things are going wrong, people will quickly stand up and try and shout you down. And you can understand both sides of it, but it is very difficult at times to come across as, with any kind of pessimism or worry <laughs> as a fan. So what would be the best yeah. way of dealing with that, do you reckon? Is there a best way, really? Because I don't mm. think you can I don't think you can actually nail it down, can you? I mean, uh. protests, what would you be protesting about? I mean, I mean as shown... In by the amount of people who left the, the game early today, I think people have given up. People have just got sick of this whole situation, you know, sick of us losing every week, sick of us not putting up a fight when we're behind, um, just sick of watching the brand of football and, and watching a group of players who look like they don't know each other. People are sick. So, in truth, I think that people have accepted relegation already. So what what good's protesting going to do in that sense? You know, if if people start protesting outside the ground, what would they even be protesting about? Yeah, sure. True. Well, we know he wants we know he wants to sell up. So, you know, well, I don't think it's I don't think it's the the same as when Bob Murray was here and people people kind of protested outside the ground in a hope that he would sell because it got to the, a desperate stage. Um, it's not it's not like that now. It's it's difficult, isn't it? I mean, Newcastle fans are famed for it, obviously. When 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 they don't like something, they make sure that people know they don't like it. Quite often, more than not, though, they, they do the wrong things as well. The minority of the fans, which it's kind of turned protesting into a joke kind of thing, hasn't it? Because you know the daft funerals for stadium names and bedsheets and all the rest of it, like that's kind of put a dampener on on what on what you know people can actually do because. Say, for instance, we as a site, for instance, thought, right, we've had enough. We're going to organise a protest outside the ground after this game or we're going to organise a walkout because of whatever reason. It would laugh it down. It's not. It's just not accepted anymore. So I guess the only only thing that you can do to express your express your displeasure or whatever you, you're experiencing as a fan is it's to just try and do it peacefully and try and... <laughs> just try don't kick off, no matter what happens. <laughs> don't, I mean, don't hit it is difficult, isn't it? Because yeah. what, what what on earth can you do, really? Like I say, any any serious attempt at doing, at doing a fan protest, I don't know, at Moyes being manager, for instance, that would be shouted down because, as shown in, in the poll we actually ran on the site this week, majority of people don't want to see him, though. they want to see him stay. Bizarrely, that, in my opinion... Um, but that—that that is what the majority of fans are weepold thought that David Moyes should stay on as manager. So, in which case, something like that just wouldn't work. Mm. Um, we know that we know that the chairman wants to sell. So, what more can we do? We can't go out and find buyers from. You know what I mean? Yeah. We, we've just got to sit tight and hope that it happens. Suffer in silence. I think pretty much. Pretty much, <laughs> we've got to, We've got to now just kind of sit back and, and hope that this useless bunch can do something. <laughs> this about whole thing it. could just blow over. <laughs> it's well, yeah, I mean, okay, moving slightly on then. Uh, so that's Man City behind us. <sighs> Dust yourselves off, lads. It's okay, take a breath. So we've got two weeks on Saturday, we're playing Burnley. Now, as Gav said earlier, this is a must-win game. If ever we've had one, especially after today, this is a must-win game. If we don't win this game, the chances of staying up are incredibly low. And, I mean, confidence will be at an all-time low and... <sighs> on the terraces and in the dressing room. And <laughs> I imagine, hopefully, in the manager's office. I hope he's not sitting there and just going, 
cleaning his nails and thinking this is yeah yeah this is all good this is all going to happen it was destined to happen it's not my fault I haven't got any money but Tom we've got Burnley coming up what do you reckon what do you make of that do you think we're going to go all out do you think we need <laughs> to go all out <laughs> um, no I think we'll probably draw or something like that um, fourth time we get to play Burnley in a season who'd have thought it I think yeah. um, lucky we were saying we were saying before about setting the the tone on the pitch in terms of aggressiveness and uh, whatever that should come from the manager. Like that kind of attitude's got to come from the manager. You can't like you can't just rely on one one of your players. He's got to set the tone. And against Burnley, yeah, we need to go out and win it. But I don't really see what he's going to do differently. He's never he's never showed at any point he's been here that he's got a plan B. It's kind of just throw the players out there. If we win, we win. If we don't, we don't. And it's not my fault, so don't come crying, crying to me about it. Um, I don't see what he'll do differently. He won't change personnel. He won't change them in like key areas, like dropping Barini or maybe chucking Kazrian. That won't happen. Um, I don't know where Gooch is. I don't know if he's going to be fit. Kershaw probably won't play because, I don't know, probably get knocked over in a breeze or something. All his legs will shatter. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's looking look, looking pretty bleak. And uh, Burnley know what how to play football. They know how to stay compact. And yeah, they're still getting you're still losing on the road or whatever. But they're not they're not easy. They're not easy to beat. As we, we've tried three times this year and we've not beaten them at all. And the two cup, uh, well, sorry, the two games at Turf Moor, we might as well have cigars out playing playing because we we're just like so easy to play against all they need to know all they need to do keep compact and then just just let us have that 20 minutes where we might blitz them but we won't score and then just wait for the anxiety to kick in then you score a goal that's it done because this team will not come back and the manager doesn't know how to change it this is subs today we just have a, that's like that's why when you take over a new team on Football Manager, but you haven't really done your research. So anytime like you take a player off, you just find the, the exact position on the bench and you put them back in. So like Gibson for Rodwell and Kazri with five minutes to go in the game, we'll two 0 down for um, Yanazai. No, no thinking, no like how can I switch this tactically and you know match what City are doing. It's just like for like, oh, just get on, doesn't matter, do whatever. And you're going up against like the master tactician of Pep Guardiola. You think you'd think maybe you know himself would try and up his game, uh, but this guy's checked out and he's just waiting for us to drop. And I don't think he, if we go down, I don't think he'll stay with us. I think he'll try and jump ship um, and say it wasn't my fault, Governor, that he's been doing all season. Uh, so yeah, I'm, doesn't look good for the Burnley game. We say it's must win, but every game's bloody must win, so we probably won't win. You, this, say that about, you say that about Moyes, though, just quickly, um, about him not staying or anything like that. But I'm sure, I mean, the transfers he's made and the constant chat about going on a journey <laughs> with younger players and all that, as dodgy as that sounds, going on a journey together. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And I always pictured that to mean not necessarily... Surely he wasn't convinced that he was going to buy that calibre of player, be dipping into the free market that often. And I don't. I think, as as we've all said, he's lying a little bit when he says, oh, well, I was offered more. Maybe he was offered a little bit more, but I don't think his limitations are actually that far removed from what he'll have been told because you, you can't really operate a business like that. I mean, he, he would have known, do you know what I mean? The other managers would have known. They would have told him before he took the job. Other people yeah. would have known and said, look, you can't do this with El- if he really that bad, he'll short on, on his promises. But, yeah, so for me, I don't think he is going to jump ship. I, I, it feels to me like he's been expecting it from the very beginning. This was always like, a, oh, well, it doesn't matter because I'm tied down to, what is it, a three-, four-year contract? Uh, so I'm, I'm going to build this team up. Do you know what I mean? I don't think he minds the idea of a championship thing. Maybe, maybe that's what okay. he needs to get an injection into his career. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, I mean, I'm just... Well, yeah, it's, it's all speculation, of course. But. I mean, he's... At the moment, David Moyes will, I mean, he'll never get another, he wouldn't get, um, another Premier League job, that's for sure. I mean, we're, we're here to, to help rebuild his career, essentially. I mean, and he's not doing a very good job at that. Um, I, I, the only, the only thing I can see, he'll only leave, I think, if we get a new owner. 
I, at the present moment, I think he, he'll want to see out his contract or he'll want to stay as long as possible because I think he can almost sense himself that he's maybe um, he's lost touch with maybe the modern game. You know, he's, he's failed in his last few jobs um, and when he was, in inverted commas, successful at Everton. Um, I mean, it was, it, was a, it was a long time ago and football's moved on a lot. F- footballers have moved on. They're, they're different beings now, I think. I think maybe his old school mentality um, will wash with some of these quite fragile egos. Um, it's, not, I, I, it's not just that, though. It's like when he was manager at Everton, you could go and get Tim Cahill, like one of the form players in the championship, for what, £4 million? Phil Jagielka, similar. Yeah, and and now if you want a form player in the championship, you're looking at at you know ten million plus money. We don't um, and, yeah. and yeah, and and you and and so he's sort of saying I don't have the money, but at the same time he's limiting himself by saying I'm only going to shop in 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 England. I'm only or in Britain. I'm only going to I'm only going to try and buy young players, English players, um, based in the Premier League, and so he ends up going and getting players who are just cast off from other Premier League clubs. Like, yeah. this is no, like, ingenuity to sort of say, right, well, it, the conditions at the moment aren't conducive to me going and buying British players who are in form, you know, desirable or, or anything like that. He, he just, he limits himself and then complains about limitations. Mm. It's like, why, why on transfer deadline day when we needed pace or we needed a striker do you not say well do you know what it's not happening with a joe we've got the money there why don't we go to one of our continental targets who wouldn't matter oh yeah that's right because we don't have any continental targets <laughs> because, so, you know so it it, it reeks of yeah. um all right david should we go should we should we start scouting these continental targets well do you know what? actually it's a nice day and the beer garden shuts in uh in a few hours, so I think you know. Well, let's just let's just throw in a in a bid for Gibson and and uh, you know drinks are on me. It's it's like it's I, I don't in the pub with Gibson I, if that was the case. Yeah, I, I just you know this is this is a man who like who every time we 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 lose a game blames it on the fact that we've not got as good of players as the opposition. Like Burnley, our opponents to go back to the to obviously the, the issue. They are the antithesis of that. Of of not having the individual players, they are they may they maybe don't have the individual talent of some teams, but as a team, as a unit, they're organised, they know their jobs, and they are they're keen to prove themselves, and they're also keen to uh, to impress the manager and to work for the manager. Now, I think he's had long enough to turn this group of players into a reasonably organised outfit. When you yeah. look at that, uh, when you look at our defenders like Oviedo, Jones. Shea, Kone, even if O'Shea's not in there, like, you know, I, I, I don't understand how it can be as, as, as sort of ragtag and disorganized as it is, particularly when, like, the defense hasn't had, like, the midfield's been injury ravaged, fair enough, but the defense hasn't had that many injuries or that many suspensions. And we've got three right backs, for God's sake. Like, pick one and just go with him. Yeah. You know, like, you just, I, I, he blames it too much on, on, you know, like I said, the individual quality of each player. Like, last season, Leicester won the title. Yeah, if, <laughs> like, if, like, if we don't, if we can't use that to show that it's not necessarily about the individuals, it's about constructing a team that, that gets the best from what you've got. I'm not saying we can win the title, but I'm saying that with, with these, with these players, um, and with this squad, there's not a chance we should be as as poor as I, we I, are. I, yeah, yeah, I I just and and Burnley if they if they if they do their research, I think they will. And if they if they you know stick to their game plan and and frustrate us, they could they could easily uh, beat us. You know, people pointing to their away record and stuff. For me, yeah, fair enough. They're not as good away from home, but I I think Sean Dyche will, will look at this fixture and think, well, do you know what? We only need to draw. We we don't need to win. But I think you'll be you'll be fancying his chances, and why wouldn't he? Well, of course he will. And and you hear a record like oh Burnley have on the road all season. That reeks of they'll they'll break that record against us. We always do that. Find a striker who hasn't scored in forty games. Put them up against us, and he'll score a brace. It's just yeah. it's typical Sunderland. But quickly back to to Moyes. I think the, his main mistake or 
his most recent mistake maybe, was he he should have brought someone in in January to to help Defoe. Um, whether I mean Sam Allardyce did it with with Ndoy, who was who was largely crap, but he served a purpose. You know, he was a he was a, a player who allowed uh, us to get up the pitch. You know, he, he was a target there, and he retained the ball. He wasn't glamorous, but he was someone. At the moment, he just seemed to he, he put all of his eggs on Yajoa, and when that didn't come, uh, when that didn't happen, he thought, oh well, fuck it, uh, you know, I'm not that, that's it, and there's no one else out there. Surely, there's in in surely our scouts have found another big striker somewhere in Europe we could have got in because we we were desperate for someone to fit that mold, and the lack of lack of ambition to go and get get someone that I think that ultimately will send us down I mean to be honest sorry about that <laughs> yeah no I, I think any podcast yeah it's just over <laughs> I'm just sick of this I kick the mic off the desk like I'm done no um, I think in reality now we're looking at um, <laughs> I mean it's difficult for all of us I suppose it's going to be difficult for all Southern fans but it's fair to say, I mean, just the despondency of, of us and I'm sure everyone really on we're side. Um, it, it's coming to, or it's come to a head now, hasn't it? It's finally here. Almost, almost finally here. That's what I feel like. We've been talking about having given up and things like that. I mean, we normally sit in there a couple of months ago, having given up, but then something turns it around. Do you know what I mean? Just after the new year, we get something and it, it, it becomes a little bit more positive. And for every, it seems like we take, it's one step forward, two steps back. Do you know what I mean? Because this isn't the first game that we've been in where we've said, oh, well, for the opening 20 minutes, Sunderland looked, <laughs> insert positive here. Do you know what I mean? And it, that keeps happening. So for me, the biggest concern, or rather the biggest indicator of, of what Moyes, how, isn't accomplishing as a manager is consistency because um, it seems like he gets something right. He, he must get his, his team talk before a match, right? Or something like that. He might he set them up and clearly he drills them well, but it seems like he doesn't focus on longevity almost like he hopes they can steal the game. Like, right. We'll, we will do this. We'll sit back and we'll just get it to the foe. And do you know what I mean? Somehow we'll snatch a, we'll snatch a victory. And that, it's completely like you said, Callum. It's like uh, it's like he's losing, or it's like he doesn't have touch with that sort of uh, or the way football's played now. Do you know what I mean? I'm stumbling over myself here trying to explain it, but um, to be honest with you, I'm just wound up. I honestly expected to have more from today. I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with I agree with you about consistency because obviously when Allardyce took over last season, you know, we had a a, a bit of a of a of a um a boost when he first took over quite a you know a bad december and then in january uh we played man city and there was that game where you know we lost but we we gave them a really good game we actually controlled a lot of the second half they had to really scrap and 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 be a bit dishonest to to really get out of it unscathed and uh and when i left that game i was thinking we play like that until the end of the season we'll we'll stay up and uh and you know the new signings really impressed and and then from that point forward i mean that there wasn't it wasn't like we we won every game or played well in every game but there was a you know there were games where we didn't play well but we got a point or we didn't play well but you know we 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 got back into it and 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 maybe you know maybe we lost like one nil but there was always like a. It, the, I was never feeling like um, there was no way that we had enough to even sort of compete uh, in the game for ninety minutes. So that was the big thing as well. We would put performances in for ninety minutes, and with Moyes, it's always yeah, it's always half an hour, forty-five minutes. You know, good first half, bad second half, bad first half, good second half, and and you know, I I I just I just think that. Um, we should be able to um, acknowledge that at this by this point in time, we should have an idea of what formation best suits a squad, and we should be able to at least go into games and look like, even if we're not going to win, 
that we can we can we're going to draw it and we're going to uh, you know we're going to build on a on a result and and move forward from that result to the next game and take that form into the next game mm. and with this squad you just you just feel like every single and every time we gain a little bit of momentum it just evaporates as soon as it's come and and that for for me has to fall at least partially on on the manager you see, after, at least see after, see after the Crystal Palace game, that should have been a turning point. You know, four 0 up at half time you should build yeah. on that. But we've well, not scored a goal. It turns out it was just Patrick Van Aanholt being there. <laughs> well, that, 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 yeah, it's the thing. It, we we laugh at it, and it's it's become so Sunderland. But you don't you don't just go win a game four 0 and then go back against a team that lost six out of seven before they played us, and then they absolutely smashed us. And we haven't scored a goal since. And it's just, that's how you get relegated, I guess. <laughs> well, lads, as fun as this has been, it's in <laughs> God's hands now. <laughs> right, so thanks for joining us anyway. I'm sorry to completely depress you, but chances are if you're listening to this, you're a Sutherland fan and are already depressed. Um, well, we won't be playing a match again, as I said, until the 18th, so... Uh, but we will be back next weekend. We're going to have a, a little special episode just to fill up the time. And obviously, because it's so important at this time, I suppose, it'll certainly be relevant by the time we play Burnley anyway. Uh, we're going to have a relegation running episode. So we'll be looking at the opposition's games. We'll be looking at our games. Uh, we'll have some predictions, things like that. And yeah, hopefully we'll have a bit of a laugh this time. <laughs> but yeah, thanks for joining us. Um, don't forget you can subscribe on iTunes. And uh, yeah, this is the Roper Report signing off. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.